0: It's, you're the best
3: around, Nothing's good, and instead of fights, it's...
0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami that explains it as freddie freeman stands in he swings the first one and drives this one toward the bullpen that ball is deep that ball's at the wall that ball is gone back to back first pitch homers smoked into the gap in right center field that's going to get down and roll for a while duval picking him up putting him down he's around third he's getting green-lighted charlie culberson at second with a double it's three to nothing that'd be the long man today the pitch that got through and that's going to score a run Carver couldn't find it right through the five hole. And a bases loaded walk. Second walk of the game, second walk of the inning, and the Boobards are out. Again, Atlanta three runs in the inning. They've gotten one ball out of the infield. That was the Albies leadoff single. We've gone from from
1: celebrating one of the most epic walk-off wins a couple nights ago. Miguel Sano
4: crushing a Baseball 443 feet. We could just keep doing that and pretend nothing's happened since.
2: Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't, wanna do that. I don't want to do that. The last two games have been very intriguing to me. Of course, ambulance chaser. <laughs> no, no. I want the. I've told you guys. I want the baseball truth. I want the baseball truth of what the Twins are facing. You want
4: The truth, damn it. Yes, I
2: can, can handle, handle the truth. I can handle the truth. The Atlanta Braves are a hell of a baseball. I probably
4: can't handle the truth. I'll be honest with you. If the you truth, can is, if the, the truth. truth is this isn't as good a baseball
2: you got team as we with, thought it was, then you, you, I you've got, can't got handle it. problems with your uh, senior circuit team, Rami McLove.
1: Wait, wait, wait. What is the truth? What is the truth? Let's start with Judd.
2: The truth is always told when you play top teams. The truth is told by playing good teams and putting Martin Perez against them and coming to the the conclusion that that you can fix things for X amount of time. And sometimes they're fixed for good. And sometimes, as we're finding with Martin Perez, they were fixed for eight starts or so. So the the tr- the problem with the American League this year is Detroit and the White Sox and the Royals don't give you the truth. They're they're
4: wins and you think to yourself, "Oh, things are great." No, but, but you've held your own against sure. the Indians, against the A's, against the Yankees. But I want
2: but I want to keep seeing the, those right. teams. Like like this is interesting.
4: These two days have been bad, but they've they've Yeah. I don't I don't know what it is oh, 20- now, but a couple of weeks ago I checked the record against winning teams They're 25 I told you- and 20.
2: During the Twins show, I I thought that we were very, very fair in saying that when the Twins go down by five or seven runs, offensively, they're not dead. Right. But the truth about this team is, you didn't go out because the price was too high to go get starting pitching at the deadline, so where does pitching stand? That's
1: the truth. I think what was a sad moment for me, a realization today, was the trade deadline passed, and you still had Cole Stewart pitching today. Like Cole Stewart, who can't get it out in AAA
4: this yeah, season. Yeah, but as a human white flag, he wasn't out there because you needed him. Do you need human white you flags what, if you make the right trades at the deadline, though?
2: But that's not the thing to to be in my mind to be um, sad about. It's Martin Perez still pitching. Like you'd love to get him out of it. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Like you would, you would love to say be, because if you if you could go back now and say we got eight just great starts from him, yeah, and let's say you got. Fifteen fourteen pretty good starts, like not terrible, and then you replaced him you'd be thrilled by that,
1: you guys know i'm a I'm a gambling guy right I play a lot of a lot of poker in my day, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes we'll dabble in slots or blackjack, and I want to ask you a philosophical question here about what you do when you're sitting at a poker table or you're at a slot machine and you scoop in a ton of chips or a ton of a ton of cash at a slot machine, right like Your couple cocktails, having a good time, big celebration, all of a sudden, oh, my God, I just tripled my money at this gambling table or this slot machine. When you've tripled your money at that gambling table or that slot machine, is your instinct to,
4: A, I walk away. Walk away. Yeah, this has been great. I or be
1: enough. like, no, put it all back in. Let's try no. to get more. Let's
4: no.
2: see what happens. No, no, no. I bail no. immediately.
1: Okay, so I think I'm you see deal. where I'm going with this. If you have, I don't know, hmm, a left-handed starting pitcher who had like a 6.5 ERA with the Rangers and was mostly terrible in the five years before that, and he starts the season with a ridiculous record, like 6-1 and one or 7-1, and one, and a two-point-something minuscule ERA, do you think to yourself... Oh my gosh, we got to keep. I mean, this is this is a this is our number two playoff starter right here. This is.
4: Or I fell for it. I'm not gonna lie. I fell for it when you we were talking about Martin Perez earlier in the year. I said, no, I think I think they found something here, guys. Do You think you want that dude in a playoff? playoff you genuinely? Think no, I don't think they found something here, they, guys.
2: That they did, though. See, I, I think one of the impressive things probably about the uh, front office here about Rocco West Johnson is I think for a time period, pitching-wise, they can probably fix things. But they're not dumb, right? So they're not going to say, Martin Perez is not only fixed, he's a Cy Young candidate. He's just not. They know that. So I wonder if they think to, to themselves, Martin Perez is going great guns, had eight fantastic starts, and that's it, or it's Martin Perez. I gotta think that it's door two, don't don't you? I mean, I, I it's slapping
1: you in the face, like door two is is literally hammering you I in agree. the face right now. And and to bring it back to the gambling comparison, you put in a hundred dollars into a slot machine, right? A hundred dollars cash into a slot machine, and right away you're up to five hundred dollars. What do you do? Is it such a
4: problem that you triple your money and you're like, ah, I'm going to keep on going? No,
1: I I fear like when I if I win if I win <laughs> twenty bucks. Like I put a hundred and I win twenty bucks. I'm like done gambling for the weekend. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's amazing. Um, and 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 so I think the twins they got that five hundred dollars off of the. Uh, what's your favorite slot machine? The uh, I like Dealer No Deal slot machine. Okay, I can get down with that. Play the. Uh,
3: I don't have, game? I I don't have say, a favorite. I don't slot play machine. Slot I don't machines. have enough okay. slots to have a <laughs> favorite slot machine. Wheel of
4: Fortune <laughs> slots? You guys have never never dabbled? No idea. No? I think the I played, played Aerosmith slots once. Oh yeah. I think so I played one.
2: Aerosmith slots. Yeah. By the way, what what ever happened to just the good old fashioned? Oh, they have those? slot oh. machines where you put a quarter in and no, it's, you know it's not what? like Aerosmith. I do have
4: I do have a favorite slot. I I played Plinko slots at Potawatomi in in Milwaukee. The The Price Is Right game. I love Plinko. was that name? Plinko Potawatomi.
3: Potawatomi. Yeah, that Potawatomi. Wow. That's good. You guys are rolling yeah. that off the tongue. Potawatomi. But, like, Pottawatomie. Pottawatomie. Oh, I you used to work. say it a lot when I
4: worked in Milwaukee, because they were a uh, heavy advertiser. So. You
1: started nice. at Potawatomi with the uh, Plinko slots with 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. You built it up to $500 right away. And now we flash forward, and you can't even afford to buy in for the $10 at the Plinko slot anymore. You've lost it all, and now you've moved to Judd's quarter slots. <laughs> and, like, you're just, oh, like... Oh, you're, and you're
2: hoping... And uh, you're smoking... Camel filterless. You got, a, you got an air tank. You're putting
3: them out on the carpet.
2: <laughs> the whole place just reeks of smoke. It's getting oddly
3: specific. You don't it's know what time it is. Living a memory. Oh,
2: have you not been to old school casinos? Oh, I have been. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, one yeah, of I the grew grew coolest things.
4: Shoxi. One of the coolest things I ever witnessed at a casino. Since we're talking casinos, is Cato Kalen <laughs> freaking out because he was losing what? his life on the slots? What? what? I swear to God. At Potawatomi, because he's from Wisconsin. Right. And if you follow him on Twitter, he's always just killing the Brewers. He's like a huge Wisconsin sports fan. So one night I was at Potawatomi in Milwaukee, and there was Kato Kalen. And like nobody was really around him. He didn't know I was looking at him, but he was just losing his ass on the slots and pounding on the machine. (laughs) All right.
1: Boy, can't uh, figure out
4: how and why that guy would make an irrational decision. (laughs) You
2: know? If we're going down this path. I have got a question that I have never got a sufficient answer to. What was Cato doing in OJ's guest
5: house?
4: <laughs> He's living there, man. I know, but why? Look, I'm not even going to lie. If I could freeload off an NFL player and live in his guest house and, and, and gain celebrity while doing it, like, and I was an aspiring actor, I'd do it in a heartbeat. It's a tough life, man. You go out to L.A. and want to be okay, an actor. Okay, but how do you end up? And there's like 7 not, million of you out there. But you're not speculating
2: on my question. How do you end up in the O.J. Oh, basically how did he get there? Yes. I don't know. How I thought you were he... asking
4: why he would live oh, there. Oh, no, no. Right, no. okay.
2: No, I got that. But I've always wondered. It's always seemed odd to me that he was in the maid's quarters of O.J.'s house. What is Cato Canlin doing right now in Wisconsin? Does he... I don't know. Okay? I don't know.
4: No, he doesn't live there. He, but he was probably there. I don't know. Like I said, he's from there, so he was probably like visiting family or just went back home for the weekend. I'm gonna Google him right now. Just but he's a, uh, and I'm gonna put this in the biggest air quotes I've ever put it in. Cato Kaelin is now a stand up comedian and radio host. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't consider him to be on your. Uh...
4: Am he's, he's a st- self-described stand-up comedian and radio host. Kale, Kale, so uh you ever hear the one about the Bronco chase?
2: <laughs> 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 Uh, (laughs) Kato Kaelin's love story on Oprah.com I'm looking at right now I'm trying to find what he's doing I don't know what I started I'm sorry I'm on his Twitter you know what that's fine I'm sorry I've always been a Kato Kaelin historian (laughs) former house guest current adult we we
1: found out two amazing things about Judd in the last two days a Kato Kaelin historian (laughs) and a Taekwondo beat writer
2: yes And then some guy tweeted you last night about the terms and you're like, I I didn't bring that that up and I told you yesterday I have no idea what the terms were, but I do see that they leave the robes on as they do their taekwondo.
1: Can you if you get into a physical altercation with somebody, have you like can you take things from your beer? Any
4: retention from your taekwondo I I can't remember the terms on the
1: moves. (laughs) Can you if we asked
4: you right now, break Jonathan's arm? (laughs) How funny would it be if we're all walking out to our cars at the end of the show, and like some dude comes out of the darkness and like tries to bug us all, and Judd turns into like Jean Claude Van Damme? <laughs> how I great want. would that be? Well,
2: <laughs> it would be puts an end to it all. It would be great. great Picks up his backpack. All right, I want to do do Score a show. Earth athlete challenge. I want to do a show in the Taekwondo roles. and we can stream it. It'll be as comfortable. We don't want that. It'll you be, might want. No, that. it's just robes. It, it, it's just like a, it's not revealing. It's just like, but it's incredible. It looks incredibly they go comfortable. Kind of, it's like a deep V, isn't it? The yeah. the robe. Okay, it might not. It might be like Elvis Circus Seventy Six. <laughs> have a have a have a blue Christmas. I'm just like
1: I'm envisioning like those you old, mean, old people, those karate kid movies where where uh where the young kids are about to. Kick a couple of guys' asses, right? And, and like, oh, who's this, this old man? And Mr. Miyagi just puts six guys on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, Judd in a dark alley downtown Minneapolis. I got, for, Minneapolis I got bad p- news for p- you, p- <laughs> five guys on the crowd. This is a really
2: nice story, but it's nothing more than that. I'd run so fast, I'd be, I'd be like, I think Rami might be the slowest of us. He'll get mugged. Have at him, folks. I'm going home. Amazing. Oh
1: um, man. we actually had a Taekwondo terms question last night at our live taping of the Scorna Twin Show with Lem Perkins. So, do you guys remember any of those terms you just talked about like an hour ago? No. no we don't. <laughs> by the way if you missed that the score north twin show it's five days a week by the way anywhere you find your favorite podcast and noon every day on score north we did a live taping thanks to modest who uh, opened their doors last night and gave a free beer to uh, everyone who showed up and we had a great time we drank a couple beers we hung out with listeners and we're going to do more events like that going forward in which you can see judd's ninja prowess on display he'll be wearing white robes to all of these
3: I think
2: I'd be happy to. It looks comfortable,
1: okay. uh, and and again, <laughs> it does could, look comfortable. I you will might say be that. Happy
3: to again, but I don't think <laughs> the people showing up would be happy. The people were very nice
2: last night. <laughs> they were. Y'all are awesome. I got they a free were, beer. Yes. Me too. A listener bought Isn't me a beer. It was very event? nice. No, no, bought for, no because oh, I didn't you I didn't
4: register. You didn't get your drink ticket. No. I felt like I was No, like I, was, I showed up, sans drink ticket, and guy's like, I'll buy you a beer. And that's currency for one. comedians, by the way, drink tickets. <laughs> <laughs> you should have given me yours. <laughs> I didn't even know I had one. That's what I live off of at
1: nights, man. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was supposed to have one. In oh, register. Man. We'll talk to Jason Stark next from The Athletic and from MLB Network. After we talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities, that would be Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694, and Brooklyn Boulevard. I've got a brand new 2019 RAV4 that I absolutely love. I actually got a text message from a friend today who said, hey, all right, not having the greatest experience with my car place. All right, give me the names. Who do I need to go over there? I said, well, is it, is it service? Because Steve Miller oversees service over there, and he's been a friend of my family for 25, 30 years. Uh, you can talk to Paula, Tony, Badu, all super helpful in the showroom area, if you're looking for a new car or looking for a lease or a trade in and you can go in there until nine o'clock tonight, they're open late, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and specifically go check out those RAV4s. The best combination of spaciousness, handling, safety, technology, price. There's a reason why it's the top SUV in the world right now. Again, six.
0: Forty-first multi-hit game for the Braves second baseman, and he unloads deep left field. Another first pitch bomb. How far is that going? Into the second deck. Third, Chip, I got it for the third deck. Wow! I lost it once it got over that secondary scoreboard, and Albie's lost that baby. His 16th home run.
1: Well, Mackie and Jeff with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Jason Stark from the Athletic and from MLB Network and Hall of Famer Jason Stark as of earlier uh, this summer or just the uh, end of July there. And I, the Twins got drubbed these last couple of days, but you know what? They've now turned two triple plays in the last couple of weeks. I know that's probably a number <laughs> or a factoid that interests you of all people.
5: Yeah, th- thanks for ruining like, my whole day asking me to look into this. <laughs> because, <laughs> Rabbit hole? I, yeah. Because I, I, once you get started, like you have to know these things. Uh, two five four three triple plays within 16 days of each other. Couldn't find any team that did that. Um, two triple plays this close together. Period. Um, if you go back over the last 40 seasons, the only team that did had two triple plays that close together was the Twins. At the time they had two in one game. Yeah. Right in July of 1990. And then, like, I found a bunch of other teams that had two triple plays uh, within 16 days of each other going back to 1900. But e- even I'm not going to spend another <laughs> hour trying to figure out if it was the same pitcher, okay? Let somebody else. You've been it. pushed too
2: far, Jason Stark. We finally yeah. found something. You've been pushed too far by Mackie. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
5: It, it it was all kind of fun. The Sabre Triple Play Directory, if anybody really wants to go through it.
2: <laughs> hey, Jason, where, where do uh, triple plays rate on your thing of baseball uh, oddities or fun facts?
5: I love triple plays. Um, I, haven't, I think I, I can't remember one that I actually saw, um, but... Like the five four three triple play is one of my favorites because it's just it's it's so athletic. But then I just love all the crazy triple plays, the funky triple plays. There was, somebody in the last few years had a triple play without the ball being put in play. Like that was pretty hard, <laughs> but they're they're fun. They are fun.
2: The ball wasn't put in play. I
5: can't remember. remember I, I can't remember exactly how this happened anymore. I, I've got too much. Uh, I need to defragment my hard drive. There's a lot of stuff rattling around up there.
4: <laughs> yeah, the five four three triple play is just boring. I mean, that's just around the horn, right, Jason? There, you, yeah, you, you well, need a little it's theatrics
5: boring. with it. There, it. It's hard to turn. No, <laughs> I know. There's not that many five four three triple plays. Go through the Sabre directory. I was, I was I, kidding. I'm sorry, <gasps> Jason. No, you can't insult that to I was kidding.
4: It was a joke. I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> to offend, Jason. Give him hell, Jason. <laughs> I'm <laughs> with you.
5: really
4: is. I'm with you, Jason.
5: I think, I think we have By found... Way, every triple play this year has been a 5-4-3. Okay.
4: Really? Right. Yep. Impressive.
1: Uh, Who the hell knows? <laughs> I think I think we found out, I don't know, we knew the Braves were pretty good, but then we watched that lineup in person the last couple of days and the Braves yeah. the Braves can win the World Series. That's a if they if their bullpen can get right, that's a that's a yeah. pretty damn good team.
5: I, I agree. If they pitch, they are really good. And they uh there's something fun about that team. There's an energy about that team. Every time they call up somebody from the minor leagues, like you know, most teams are happy to get somebody who contributes. Everybody they call up is a star. You know, at 21 years old, it's just amazing to watch them.
4: Were you surprised that Acuna agreed to the extension that he did this off season?
5: I think the Albie's extension was a, was in some ways more surprising because the dollars were so low. Acuna, you know, it was over 100 million dollars, right? It was life changing money. Mm-hmm. The, the surprise there is: Are you seeing it? Like, this guy's got a chance to be one of the five best players in the whole sport. What doesn't he do? Right? He's Mm -hmm. going to be a 40-40 guy. He's the most dangerous leadoff man in the league. And he's a spectacular defender with a great arm anywhere you put him. He's special.
2: Explain, if you can, Jason Stark, the Mets to me. Is this just a blip against bad teams? Is this real? Are they geniuses and we were all fools? Can you explain what's going on there?
5: Yeah, we're about to find out. And uh, they, you know, they've gone through an incredible schedule stretch where they've played one either terrible team or one team just careening through the worst stretch of their season after another. Look, they, they. They can't pitch. They've, I mean, they've got some arms to throw at you, and that's, that's been part of this. But they, this has been the easiest stretch of their schedule. They caught fire. It's fun, right? They're only like a game behind the Phillies now They're for the second wild card mm-hmm. spot. But everything changes starting on Friday. Starting Friday, they've only got one series out of their next 11 Against a team with a losing record, yeah. So we will find out. Yeah. But look, somebody's going to wind up in that NL wild card game. That's not a real good team. That's just going to be kind of a, an illusion kind of team. And it could easily be them because they can pitch.
1: Jason, we are sort of mesmerized here by Nelson Cruz, who has <laughs> he's been the hottest hitter in baseball since the All Star break. Uh, he's he's easily going to get to forty home runs and might even sniff fifty. And I feel, I feel like he's putting up some of the best numbers we've ever seen in baseball from a 38-plus-year-old, but is it the the performance-enhancing drugs thing from earlier in in his career that maybe prevent him from being talked about on the same level as other guys who've performed like this in their late 30s? Um, I,
5: it seems to me that people are buzzing about this, but I do think that he's had a hard time... <sighs> Being uh, beloved right being admired the way you would have expected right from a from a guy who 's put up the kind of numbers that he 's put up and i I think the p e d thing is part of it um, like you couldn 't even you couldn 't even say nice stuff about David Ortiz at the end without somebody saying, "Yeah, but what about that two thousand and three yeah. test even though there's we have no idea what to make of that um and Nelson Cruz actually did get suspended for a lot of years, but one thing I do know: every team that this guy ever played for loved having him around. Right? Loved it. And the only I looked this up earlier: the only guys at age 39 or older who had a thousand OPS were Barry Bonds, Ted Williams, and David Ortiz. If you go down to 38. You loop in Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth. That's a fun list. Wow.
4: Talking with Jason Stark of the Athletic and MLB Network here on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Uh, Jason, I want to ask you about Miguel Sano. And I, I try to, as, as somebody who hasn't been here dealing with the frustration of Miguel Sano for so many years, <laughs> I try to bring some perspective to it. I still see a potentially... Special hitter in that guy, and I'm and I'm honestly impressed by the changes that he's making literally on the fly in the middle of a major yeah. league baseball season. He wouldn't be the first guy who, at the age of 26 or 27, after frustrating a fan base for for a, a handful of years, to figure it out and and tap into that potential that's obviously there. Would he?
5: Yeah, well, there's, there's a reason he's still there and because we'd see it too, right? I could just not see it. I mean, this is just. Incredible raw strength. This is mammoth power. And when he first came up, I thought this is the closest thing I've seen to the young Ryan Howard. You know, and, and I know they don't. I know they don't hit from the same side, but it's that kind of raw power. And Ryan, you know, Ryan Howard had some years where he he put up. Like almost Babe Ruth type numbers, he had four years where he averaged nearly fifty homers and more than a, a, a nearly one hundred forty RBIs. Now I, I don't know that Miguel Sano ever gets to that, right. but there's so much there. There's so much talent that how can you not at least try to get all of it or some of it or ideally most of it out of the guy?
2: Who is, is a guy uh, that, that you've watched or covered, Jason, throughout your career? who got off to a really rough start or, or you know, had peaks and valleys consistently wow. and it finally clicked. Is, is there one guy who stands out to you as far as people that you've covered?
5: Wow. I mean, that, that's a hard one off the top of my head because, you know, in like in some ways... Like everybody goes through it now. <laughs> sure. You know, there's always nobody that comes to the big leagues and it's just great from the moment they arrive and then they're nothing but great. Edwin Encarnacion is like, I mean, it's a hmm. pretty good comp, right, for a uh, Sonneau. It's
2: a nice player, um, yeah.
5: Bounced around a little bit. Um, the light bulb went on and then it was just 30, 40 homers year after year. Yeah.
1: Well, we found out today with Martín Perez and then Cole Stewart coming in and giving up double-digit runs to the Braves that the, the Twins probably could have used another pitcher at the deadline. Why? Why? Now that you've reflected for a week on the trade deadline and this is the first year that, that baseball has only had the one trade deadline, why do you think we didn't see more movement with some of these top names that were thrown about on the pitching side?
5: Well, uh, you know, just talking to uh, another team today that that didn't get anything really significant done at the deadline. And I, I i mean, this guy's take was what we were looking for just wasn't there. It just wasn't out there. And, um, you know, I think one of the big debates you're going to see is if you're only going to have one deadline, is July 31st the right date for it? Because there were not enough sellers. It's just a messed up year where you had... On the one hand, you had four of the six divisions were really lopsided, but you had more teams within three games from a playoff spot going into July 31st than at any season in baseball history. So you had all these teams that weren't really in, but weren't really out. So they weren't aggressively selling. They weren't aggressively buying. And it was just uh, it was just a weird year to try to buy that difference-making arm. Now, I mean, we know now the Twins went down the Zach Greinke road. That turned out to be a pretty expensive road in terms of dollars and prospects surrendered. Um, beyond that, like, I don't think the Indians are going to trade Trevor Bauer to the Twins. W- who else was there? Yeah, yeah, that's the I don't thing. Think Marcus Stroman is a difference maker. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I mean he's well, he's better than Martin Perez, so he definitely makes their rotation better.
2: <laughs> yeah,
5: in hindsight, but, that's absolutely yeah.
1: True. But I hear, but in terms of you know, how do you compare it to Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and, and Zach Greinke, you wouldn't put Strowman above any of those guys.
5: So. Who, who's matching up with those guys? Yeah, there's no there's no team that is matching up with those guys. Uh, you know, I heard from when I wrote that. Um, the, the, Last week, I heard from Dodger fans saying, hey, what about Ryu Kershaw Bueller? And I talked to a, a, a scout who's just finished watching the Dodgers for a week, and he said, it's not even close. Hmm. I, I, I couldn't find a team that had the guy who led the league in whip, the, the guy who led the league in strikeouts, and then a third guy with a whip under one. Yeah. I couldn't. I went back to World War II, I couldn't find anybody. Yeah.
1: Uh, did you happen to pack a little trivia in your in your Mackie and Jeb with Rami suitcase today, Jason Stark?
5: <laughs> you, you know, I, for some reason I did. Wow! <laughs> and I know you're forever grateful. So you, you, yeah, let's get the music going. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Just got turned up for you. Uh, you, you know, I, I don't recall a lot of strings playing on most game shows. Now that I think about it, we uh, <laughs> we're, very, uh, we're a classy bunch
1: here. here. We're a
5: classy bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll keep that in mind. All right, uh, Justin Verlander just had his ninth 200-strikeout season. In the last 50 years, there have only been four twins who even had one 200-strikeout season or more. Wow. What do you think, guys?
1: Four twins with with 200-strikeouts. Well, well, Santana, for sure. Yeah, of course. Gotta be. Yeah. Also, I believe, I believe Francisco Liriano had just, I because I covered this, <laughs> I think he had like 201 in 2010.
5: Yeah, he got, he
1: got right.
5: got there, by one. Whoop. That's
4: a good one. And I was a little young back then, but was Frank Viola a uh, big strikeout guy? No. No? Okay. All right. I didn't
5: know hey, that wasn't whoa, an official whoa. answer. Whoa. I was just asking you a question. Was an I was just consulting was just with my team over here.
4: Whoa. Come on,
2: Easy Jonathan. There, Jonathan. Well. I'll stay out of this. You guys ah. figure out the right All right, right. so we got Santana, Liriano. We need two more head.
1: Okay, I'm going to throw a couple names out. These are not strikeouts. final answers. These yeah, are not Jonathan. final answers. I'm just spitballing here. Okay? Easy with that buzzer. Camilo Pasqual ever
2: light the lamp 200
1: times? The last
5: 50 years, the category.
2: Yeah, that's going to fall. I think that's going to fall short. I think he falls, unfortunately okay. for him, outside of that. What about, I'm
1: trying to think of recent guys. Who, okay. Did Phil Hughes ever, he didn't get to 200. Couldn't. There's no way that guy got to 200. The only other one, like, in recent years I can think of is Scott Baker, but I don't think he pitched did enough he throw, innings. Yeah. You can I see don't. the twins went pitch to contact for many years there, yeah. Jason. And we're I was going to say, that's <laughs> almost 20 years of pitch wait, to wait, contact. Wait, did, did Nick Blackburn get 200 in his career? Career Nick
2: Blackburn? Entire career. He's, he's being a smart aleck. <laughs> Pay no attention to him. Uh, what about yeah, John Smiley in, was. in
4: 1992?
5: Uh, don't Let's win. go John Smiley. I John Smiley, why not? Mm. Uh, that's not right. You're, you're, let me, first of all, yeah. you're missing a guy who did it six times.
1: Oh, six Burp Leiland.
5: Burp Leiland. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Funny, that's obvious yeah. one. guys exactly. like top five in K's all and, time.
5: Because not only did he do it in the early seventies, but then he came back
1: in eighty seven or eighty five. Fish in the
5: eighties. So yeah, you're right. Uh, you want a hint on the last? All right, one? we give we give up. You want a hint?
1: Yeah, go. Like, yeah, give us a hint first.
5: You have to think all the way back to oh, last year. <laughs> last year, a, a twin starter did it last year. Come on, <laughs> Jose Barrios. Yeah. He is, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll talk you about know, him. Like, this the
1: show. has just
2: been a this has been a difficult day, Jason. So I couldn't remember with him. With him just, we were like the Twins the against the Braves so. in these past two games, miserable failures. We'd like to apologize. Like
5: you answered who? Nick Blackburn, but not Jose Butiels. Uh, you're just Blackburn. kidding
2: about Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> he start. He started off with the triple play <laughs> thing. He's trying to be funny today. Kevin you know. Correct. I'm not gonna
5: let it go. Kevin. I'm
2: not. No, you shouldn't. You did research all day. I wouldn't let it go either, Jason. I'm with, with you.
1: The, the, I think strikeouts really started to ramp up across the league in the last five or ten years. And the Twins, if I remember right, I covered, yep, here it is. Oh, my God. The Twins ran out of starting staff of Kevin Correa, four and a half strikeouts per nine, Mike Pelfrey, six strikeouts per nine, Scott Diamond, 3.6 strikeouts per nine, and Pedro Hernandez, 4.6 strikeouts per nine. That was in 2013. It wasn't even that long
2: ago. That's amazing. That was a pathetic performance. Oh, bias. and Kyle wow. Kyle
1: Gibson five strikeouts per nine, and Andrew Albers okay. made ten starts. Jason three point eight strikeouts are you, per nine. Are you are you, are
5: you going to blame Guardy for this? A little bit, a little bit.
2: <laughs> He's trying to deflect from the fact that the three of us were just pathetic. Two strikes.
5: But- Guardi
1: liked those. Uh, Guardy liked his pitchers to pump it over. Just get rip the bandit yeah. off quickly. Poor Guardy
2: in Detroit now, Jason. I feel bad for him too. Yeah. Oh my
5: God! <laughs> do, you, do you know that until they, they won that second game of the doubleheader yesterday, their whole rotation had as many wins as Verlander.
4: No, but wow. I'm not
2: surprised.
5: But it's he, awful. Had,
4: he had to know what he was getting himself into, though. It's a nice paycheck. I
5: don't, you know, I I, I talked to him quite a bit in spring training, and I I they were they didn't think they'd be anywhere near this. Really, bad. they had a you know, winning re- like they swept the first series of the year. Mm. Um, they, had a, they were 18 and 20, and they actually had a winning record like f- almost 30 games in, and then they went 12 and 50 at one point. Oh, wow.
2: They played the Twins, I, I think so far, fairly tough because it, it was earlier in the season as well, but it's just been brutal the last two months I, or whatever.
5: They haven't won two in a row since May. In fact, they didn't really even win two in a row, they won three in a row.
2: I say poor Gardy.
5: <laughs> he deserves yeah.
2: better than this. Thanks, right. right, Jason. Yeah.
5: Thank okay, you, Jason. Care, Bye, Jason. Thanks. Hey, at least the Tigers
3: are
1: only paying Miguel Cabrera till 2025. (laughs) Oh, is that it?
2: (laughs) Good. Yeah. Oh, Twins News, Cole Stort. Shocking. Option back to Rochester. Good. After saving the bullpen, (laughs) as Doe puts it, and he's right. Actually, we may
1: have some even bigger, better Twins pitching news. I
4: thought you were going to say bigger Minnesota sports news. I thought you were talking about the lengthy discussion about Garrett Bradbury's butt sweat at Kirk Cousins' press conference today. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's trending right now. Oh, yeah, here it is. It's all over my Twitter timeline Garrett Bradbury's butt sweat. Uh, Courtney Cronin's tweeting about it right now. So I'm, is our guy Matthew Collar. She calls it,
2: of course, it's called in quotes, because I'm sure Cousins said this posterior sweating.
4: Is he too swassy? I, I
2: don't know. Yes, it looks like <laughs> it. It looks like there's a problem with butt sweat, which could. Oh, you know what he's doing? He's
1: fumbling. He's already. Yeah, he's he, set yeah. Yeah. up for fumbles. He, you think
4: so? From butt sweat.
2: Yeah,
1: he's already, he's already he's,
4: setting up the excuses. He is. This is like the day before you want to call in sick. You're like, I don't know what's going on. My throat's a little scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the night before your two fumbles
1: in the fourth quarter. <laughs> my center, my center's a little slassy. <laughs> Talk about those fumbles. Uh, yeah, you know, you Garrett's love? butt was sweating and I lost the ball. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: uh, Rami alerted me to an interesting social media interaction between Jose Barrios and the top twins. Pitching prospects. Mm-hmm. We'll just leave that there
4: for mm-hmm. a minute here, Rami. Yeah. Why don't you sleep on that for a second? Or you can sleep on a MyPillow, and they have some great offers. That's right. I said offers with an S to thank you for helping make MyPillow successful. They're offering big discounts on several MyPillow products, including, I just got one today. Cannot wait to use it. The MyPillow Body Pillow. I saw it. Judd Zolgan. It looked really comfortable. Oh, it's in the dry now. Right now you got to take them home and put them in the dryer right away and then they puff up. They also got the Giza Dream sheets. Haven't gotten those yet. Pillowcases, mattresses, mattress toppers and of course, the original My Pillow. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special tab in the top right corner and you'll be directed to a special page where you can save huge on 7 of My Pillow's products using just one promo code and that is NORTH7DEALS using just one promo code NORTH. Check these specials out. The My Pillow body Pillow regularly 85 dollars is now just $29.99. The Giza Dream Sheets, 50% off, and you get free shipping. And the MyPillow mattress toppers are now 30% off. And, of course, as I've been telling you for a while, you can still get a two-pack of MyPillow premium pillows for the all-time low price of $69.98, just 34 99 per pillow. Huge savings on seven of MyPillow's most popular products, including the original premium My Pillow. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter the promo code NORTH. At checkout, up in the top right-hand corner. Save big now on your favorite MyPillow products. You can give them a call at 800-620-4439.
3: 443, time for the Score North download. This download brought to you by the Aquaside Chemical Company. Kirk Cousins, having a press conference today, as the boys referenced, going to break, talking about his new center and what he's expecting to learn from this first preseason game, said... This awkward thing about his center?
6: Well, I'm going to take it back to how much he sweats again. He promises that it's not a problem in games. And it remains to be seen because his shorts today were soaked. And uh, he says it's not a problem on game day. So the moment of truth, Friday night. Uh, But apparently, you know, when they keep those domes air-conditioned and you get a break on the bench and you sit with the cooling fans, I'm hoping that really helps. So that's a, a big thing I'm going to take away from Friday night is how tough was it to grip the ball after he snaps it to me. Uh, if it is tough, we might be in pistol and shotgun all year, which Coach Kubiak and Kevin wouldn't like very much. So,
3: later on, he was asked if butt sweat was something
6: <laughs> I couldn't get through that. If butt sweat was something they scouted, so you want to go to
3: journalism school, kids?
1: You want to go to broadcast school?
3: <laughs> later on, he was asked if uh, butt sweat was something they scouted at the combine. He said this.
6: You know what? I haven't talked to our department, scouting department about that, but I want to look at him and say, you know, that's one thing we probably didn't get a measurement on during the pre-draft process, but it's really not posterior. It's really you just the whole thing. I mean, I look at his shins, and it's just like, just poor. I mean, it looks like my, my window after a rainstorm. And I look at my shins, and they just, say, oh, it's genetic. Animal. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, okay, that's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know, but he claims it's not a problem in games, and last time I checked, that's all we get measured on. So we'll go off that.
3: So yeah, that's been the score note. Okay. Download all right. <laughs> According to Courtney Cronin and Matthew
2: Collar, he spent five minutes talking and about yeah, that. Five
3: minutes. And, yeah.
2: and so they they circled back to Bradbury, who did not laugh, crack a smile. According to Collar, did not think this was funny at all.
4: What? This I is like not really, think this is funny. Okay, but it's
2: sort of it's sort of uncomfortable if oh, the yeah, person yeah. brings it up. Like it's not asked about, and people oh, are come just on, like, it's football yeah but you're trying i don't know i i don't i'll wait and see wait and see what do you think this could have ramifications the butt sweat the information sweat press conference i think it's funny but phil can (laughs) phil can attest to this kirk cousins is a bit on the uncomfortable
3: side and so some of the stuff rubs people the wrong way it's just sort of odd if this season goes downhill and those two have a bad relationship you think we're going to point
4: back to are, this? Are we
3: going to point back to this and call it butt sweat gate?
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Swast gate.
3: I sort of hope we do because it's good.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Butt sweat
2: gate. Is that hyphenated? Butt sweat? Is that modified gate? I think it's two different words. Okay,
1: okay. I need to know. I, I need to... Hold on a second. I, I need, think you're right, John. I, uh, there needs to be an investigation here. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I need to know... So he spends five minutes talking about... His his, his his center's butt sweat. Right. Okay. Yeah. What then? Like, where did we get the information that Bradbury wasn't into it? All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm I am sending caller. I need I'm sending caller note right now. Get caller on the phone. Yeah. Get caller on the phone. call in quick.
2: Help us out. No, I just texted him so he can call us because I'm curious now. I'm I'm dead serious because if if Kirk no. Cousins was just kind of clowning around and joking around, yeah. No, I want to know more.
1: I'm with you guys. I, Five minutes seems excessive. Like, like, the, oh, like, the, stop. Like, the, 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 like the joke. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, from a from a comedic timing standpoint, sixty seconds. So don't assume sixty seconds of so talk.
2: Just because you're funny, don't assume everyone is. You no, know, but I not.
4: assume that there's got to be some level of sense of humor in a locker room, and I, especially during training Finn, camp. You no, know, Phil can tell you some guys don't find stuff to right. be funny. Well, then that's your
2: problem. All right, hold on, well, now that collar? brings this whole team down. Okay. <laughs> I can't
4: believe it started with butt sweat. Let's talk to and you're talking about bringing the whole I team question. This is ridiculous. Schism.
1: All right. All right, we're fascinated, Matthew Collar from Purple Daily, by this. What was?
4: I, I love I, that I, the I, first time we call Collar like for a breaking Viking story. <laughs> it's about, it's about Garrett Bradbury's butt sweat. All right, I can't believe I'm asking this
1: question professionally here, but what was the tone of 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 the butt sweat press conference? Was it tongue in cheek or was he serious?
7: Okay, so uh someone asked about how they have gotten along together and how they're looking forward to actually playing a game, the center and the quarterback. Very important relationships. You guys didn't know that. Um and out of nowhere, Kirk Cousins decides to reveal that his center's posterior is extremely sweaty, which having been at camp every day out in practice, I think it can be said for a lot of posteriors. But um, anyway, so uh then Kirk kind of goes on money. about it. You know, there's there's a there's a couple of uh jokes that are told and everything else. And uh, uh it was kind of bizarre. I can't say I've ever heard that before, but I thought, well, okay, maybe this is some sort of inside joke between those two guys. And so then Garrett Bradbury's coming off the field and everyone wants to go ask him about his butt sweat <laughs> and Garrett Bradbury did not find this funny at all. I mean, if you've ever Let's say that you meet um you know a girlfriend's parents for the first time you try to crack a little joke on hey uh great to date your daughter to the old you know to the old man and he just stares at you that was Garrett Bradbury's look when people asked him. I had to walk away I had, I could not be near this it was way too away. awkward Wait. it was too
2: awkward for you hold oh, you should have called me this isn't my wheelhouse i love stuff like this
3: <laughs> taekwondo yeah, and yeah, butt sweat judge yeah. Zol- uh, you. Yeah.
2: No joking proud. butt sweats. No joking matter.
1: Yeah, what's Judd's column on the it website? Proud of the, uh,
7: I, I, I am uh, the person after a loss who is always happy to go up and ask a tough question, but this one was too tough for me. I had to stand away from this, but uh, Garrett Bradbury's face did not change. You could have been asking him about the zone blocking scheme or his butt sweat or anything else in the world, and it was the same thing. And he was even pre-warned by a member of the public relations staff that he was going to be asked about his bloodlet, and yet, and he just he just looked at the PR person and didn't say anything, and then just answered the questions with basically, "Yeah, it's not going to be a problem." And then he just walked right by Kirk Cousins and went inside.
4: This is amazing. This is the best. This is the best camp story that I've ever heard. The this Vikings camp was dull until today. And, and, and if this and if if this creates friction between Garrett Bradbury and Kirk Cousins, that, I know Vikings fans don't want to hear it, but just from a pure story standpoint, I mean, how much friction can that there is, be? He's soaked back yeah, there's
2: there. There's no that friction is, whatsoever. That's a
4: problem. <laughs> Phil's on it. Okay.
1: So, do you? Do, uh, what, what's Bradbury usually like? Like, is he is he gregarious at all in these interactions with media? No. Is he mostly no, no, gross? not at all. I mean, he's, he's,
7: he um, is a good talker, but he is never, like, joking around or anything else like that. Like, he's a very serious guy, which makes it, I guess, kind of a bad play for Kirk Cousins, right? Like, yes. I know he's the veteran, this guy's the rookie and everything else, but you've got to kind of know who you're making fun of here, right? I mean, there are certain guys on the team who have great senses of humor and like to joke around all the time. And if your center is the most serious guy out there, and now his parents and his wife or girlfriend and his friends are all going to see that his quarterback made fun of his butt sweat, I mean, trust me, they already guys knew. Se- guys, yeah, guys can be sensitive like that. So I'm not saying it's going to bring the team down, but if they go eight and eight, I'm going back to
2: this. I feel <laughs> collar too, like like Kirk is always tr- trying to be like I'm in control. I'm going to crack wise and be. Funny and that's not really Kirk. And so th- this I is again, funny. because if this was Favre, it'd be hilarious, right? Uh, you know Garrett Bradbury. I mean his butts all so the sweat. You do with a
4: southern twang that th- makes it better. I'm just telling
2: you, See, there's Favre, personality. Yeah,
4: there's personalities, right? Favre also knew
1: the value of comedic timing. Favre, Favre spends thirty seconds on the butt sweating, gets off. He doesn't do the five sure, the five minute the, diatribe.
2: But, so, so my point, Collar, is this. This seems like Cousins again reaching to show that he's in control or he's going to be the guy who is funny and ultimately it falls flat with everybody, including his own teammates. Were people laughing? Because um, I,
4: I thought it was funny, Matthew. Uh,
7: oh, of course. I mean, of course, the, you know, the the media is all like, well, is this guy laugh. really talking? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, is, he, is he talking about his center's butt sweat? But I think you're right, Judd, that as per usual, kind of the execution of this thing was, yeah. was not maybe what you want. Because if he just if he just did a little drive-by, like oh, man, it's hot out here, and I'm tired of uh, getting, you know, Garrett Bradbury's sweat all over me, so I can't wait to play a game. We all kind of went, huh, huh, yeah. But then he's like, oh, his ankles are sweaty, too, and he's just a sweaty man. It's like, okay, buddy, that's – you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I am absolutely – I am 100% – I am the person that goes back for the joke that I shouldn't have. So I know it when I see it. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to burn down TCO Performance Center. But I think it, if I was giving someone an example of like, you know how Kirk Cousins has this like odd way of relating to his teammates? Here you go the time he called out his center for his butt sweat and spent a lot of time on it in a press conference. I mean, you know, it would be one of those things where if you were, let's say you were in the locker room and they were going back and forth and they're yelling at each other. I mean, you see this all the time with the players ripping on each other, picking on each other, locker room, boys will be boys stuff. But, like, to do it in front of, like, the whole world essentially when you are on camera and it's going on Vikings.com and, like, it's going to be tweeted and posted everywhere, like – is this really a good choice to make yeah. fun of a guy like this, especially when... And the thing is, too, Garrett Bradbury, is worth noting, he is a rookie, but he's like 24. It's not like a 20-year-old rookie who everyone can rip. He's kind of like a grown-up. Mm. A, little, a little bit of an odd choice.
1: Okay, last thing quick here, Matthew Collar from, from PurpleDaily and com. Odds or percent chance Kirk Cousins, after fumbling in a regular season game, references Garrett Bradbury's butt sweat in the post-game press <laughs> conference?
7: Zero um, percent odds that he brings it up. Ninety-nine percent odds that I bring it up. Um, I, I don't. I don't think um, that Bradbury is going to be very happy about it, and maybe he will make that clear to Kirk Cousins that he's not. So I don't think that we will hear about this again from the quarterback. I definitely think that we and the media will be saying it constantly.
4: Tell him I recommend Gold Bond Body Powder Spray. <laughs>
2: I
7: have no way to respond to
2: that. That could be an endorsement. Garrett Bradbury here. And you know, when I'm sweating up a storm, when I sweat up a storm, my buddy Kirk appreciates that I use gold blonde.
3: All right. Thanks, Collar. I appreciate you sorting
2: that out for us.
7: Bye, Matthew. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, Bye, fellas.
2: (laughs) Gentlemen, we've we've got our first controversy training camp. This is glory. This is what we've needed.
3: And you said training camp has been boring. It had not been. Anymore. It had been till today. I'd like to thank Kirk Cousins. Personally. The one time you're mm. going to say thanks, butt sweat.
2: <laughs> you got to. You got to get
3: that's, that. Okay? That's definitely a drop. But get cap. that
2: drop.
1: <laughs> but I love how, like, I love how Judd's first reaction with this is, "Oh man, the center and the quarterback. The center hates the quarterback, and the quarterback. Everybody hates the quarterback. I think there's a middle ground here. He was trying to be funny. Like he was. He was trying to be funny, and he was clearly trying to do the old like." I'm going to put a rookie in his place by right. telling the media that he's got mutts. No, oh, he was uh. going
4: for a joke. And honestly, I thought he sort of landed it this time. Five he does minutes. it often, but I laughed. I laughed. Five minutes. I didn't hear the whole five minutes. Just a clip. We played right there. I thought it was funny.
2: I think, that, I think this is very instructive about people in workplaces, especially uh, professional sports, knowing their place in life. And Kirk's place in life should probably be uh, like, yeah, you can give out instructions and stuff, but don't try to be the funny guy. Don't try to be the leader. No, I kind of like Kirk. Let's the funny leave that to Thielen and uh, and guys that are really really I good. I want at him to come up
1: and hone his stand-up set for every press conference. Just get up there and have clown on somebody new. Yeah. <laughs> he can work with Ronnie. Can we just have him? He should just punk a new player or a new member of the media every single
4: day for 5 minutes. Jerry Seinfeld, I heard him once say that uh, if he ever taught a comedy class, he would say the first thing he would say is, if you're here, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that, <laughs> if you need a class, it's so not going to So you would tell Kirk, just don't try. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: by the way, we are watching uh, ESPN. It's ESPN2 has converted to ESPN the Ocho. And I'm 90% sure, like five minutes ago, when they were showing lawnmower racing, mm-hmm. where these like souped yeah. up riding lawnmowers are going 30 miles an hour around with, turns. with no safety equipment. No. There are no seat belts, there are no airbags. A guy flew off, a guy like there was there was two lawnmowers <laughs> that kind of rubbed into each other. A guy flew off of his and kind of drove over the back wheel drove over his foot. He broke his leg in the lawnmower. He was like
4: right. slumped over the front
2: tire when <laughs> yeah. the lawnmower wheeled, finally stopped. They wheeled him away on, on like a gurney, but he stopped briefly to talk to the person like doing play by play.
1: Yeah, he did a sideline interview. And smiling while, while, like, while they
2: were putting a cast on his and leg. And
1: smiling
2: <laughs> talking to the guy. What else is on? Like oh. what's on right now? What that
1: This is ro- stupid robot fighting. Oh my gosh. It's like hungry hungry
4: hippos. So is
1: this except all except
2: with humans
4: controlling the robots? All really old stuff. This is puppetry.
3: These aren't, those aren't robots. This is puppetry. This is puppet fighting. Is this old and I'm fascinated, or is this new? You guys started talking about this without the proper intro for ESPN Eight The Ocho.
0: ESPN Eight The Ocho, bringing you the finest and seldom seen sports from around the globe since 1999. If it's almost a sport, we've got it here. Brought to you exclusively here on ESPN Eight The Ocho.
2: The lawnmower thing was was legit. ESPN circa 1982, right? It, it had the old and it had the old ESPN. Logo, and I'm pretty sure that that was legit was that from old? then. The 80s at some point.
4: Yeah, some of these... That some, logo was legitimately some of the from footage, the 80s. Some of the footage looks really old but like, from from some of these events. This but some, looks, of it, some of it looks pretty new. This looks new. This morning, I was... Stupid robot fighting. you guys seen Hedis? Do we have time to talk about this right now?
1: Actually, hold on. Let's do two things when we come back, because we got to squeeze in a break here. Okay. You have a full list of all of these. Yeah,
4: I have the complete ESPN the Ocho lineup for you. Okay,
1: we'll do that. We've got another news coming up, and we we got to get to this very interesting social media exchange between Jose Barrios and the Twins' top-pitching prospect. Just say uh, help might be on the way at some point here. Help is on the way if you're a business owner with Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping business owners for over a century with their experience in multiple different areas, it's not just a policy that you get with Federated Insurance. In fact, uh, we had a good time. Federated Insurance made a little uh, appearance last night at uh, our Scornar Twin Show taping. Um, they they were there to help us if something were to go wrong. That's where Federated is all over the place for Art, just like they will be for your business, helping to make your business as successful as it possibly can be. You get a face to face relationship. You get more than just the bare minimum. And you can go to federatedinsurance.com to find out about the industries that Federated protects and to find your Federated marketing representative. When you partner with Federated, you benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect